0: Welcome to Dietary Dialogue, a podcast dedicated to answering questions about the nutrition sciences major here at UNLV. Our topic today is preparing for finals week, and our guest is kind of a bunch of different guests. We'll get into it in just a second. But first, I just want to say that this episode is going to be released right before the start of UNLV's study week, the week right before finals week for anyone that may not be familiar or any of the freshmen that are listening. And this week is typically a week where you're not learning new information in any of your classes. For the most part, uh, depending, it can be different for some classes, but for the most part you will have finished all of your coursework and now you're studying for your final exam. And traditionally it is an extremely stressful week. This week and next week during actual finals are extremely stressful. And I have heard time and time again from my peers, not just in the nutrition sciences major, but from all across campus, that this is the week where habits change kind of drastically. People stop eating or eat very little or they eat a lot and a lot of stuff that's not making them feel very good. They stop exercising for these two weeks or they over exercise, whatever it may be. People tend to fall out of their habit because it's not the routine that they're used to for the last 14 weeks of this semester. And it's something that can really affect the outcome on our final exams. So what I've done is, as I thought about who do I want to speak about this topic, I thought about Dr. K. I thought about Sam Coogan. I thought about a lot of the people that we've had on the podcast already. And I really couldn't decide between any of them. So instead, what I've done is I've emailed a lot of the people that have been on the podcast already and just asked them, if you were sitting down with a student who found finals week and study week particularly stressful, what advice would you give them? And the advice that they've given back is so helpful. I will say it's not going to sound like super groundbreaking news that you wouldn't expect, especially if you are pretty deep into your coursework, right? Although we're in the School of Integrated Health Sciences, I think that oftentimes we get stressed and it can be easy to forget the things that we've learned, right? A lot of us have learned about the importance of sleep the importance of exercise, the importance of a healthy diet. That is our coursework. Those are the things that we study day in and day out. But ironically, we can sometimes negatively affect those areas of our lives with studying about them. It's so ironic, but it happens. And so I have asked an email, and so they're not actually going to be sitting with me Dr. Rosencrantz and Sam Coogan and a couple of other people, what their advice would be for students. And I'm going to read some of those answers out for you. And like I said, they're not going to be these groundbreaking things. They're not going to be brand new ideas to you. But as you listen, I want you to think of one thing that during finals week, during study week, is usually something really hard for you to do. Maybe sleep is one of them for you. Maybe Getting a little bit of exercise is one of them for you. Maybe just focusing is one for you. Think about where you specifically need the most help during this time and see which tips apply to you. And then I would love to hear back what worked for you if you applied any of these tips coming from our faculty and our staff that have so generously offered this information. So first we're going to start with Dr. Rosencrantz, who's on the podcast and talked about research and getting her PhD and the opportunities that are available for undergraduates in research. She said, first off I'd say it is best not to rely on food as the sole means to reduce stress. If you are feeling particularly stressed or anxious, take a break, head outside for a walk or a run, or reach out to a friend, get regular sleep if you can at least seven hours, which I know sounds hard, but she said at least seven hours and make sure you engage in regular physical activity during the week. Regarding diet, don't skip any meals. Try to eat a healthy breakfast with whole grains and healthy proteins and fat. Don't skip on healthy carbohydrates during this time, but add some protein when you consume them. Make sure to stay hydrated. Try for water or tea, but if you drink coffee, don't overdo it. Some caffeine can be beneficial for focusing on studying and taking an exam, but too much will have the opposite effect and may wreak havoc on your digestive system too. A good rule of thumb is to avoid drinking more than your typical intake. She also said, Eating smaller meals throughout the day keeps energy constant for studying. Avoid large fatty meals prior to your exam as they can make you feel sluggish and sleepy. Smaller meals mean you will likely need some snacks to fill the gaps. This is where some preparation ahead of the stressful week for finals can be helpful. Stock up the week before finals if you can. Some snack examples would be whole grain crackers, bread, popcorn, fruits, nuts, peanut butter, cheese sticks, oats, and other whole grain cereals, and vegetables that are portable like carrots, celery, bell peppers, or a salad. Prepare meals and snacks in to-go containers too. If you can cook some larger meals and pack up leftovers for later, you'll save yourself a lot of time during the busy week of finals. Consider emphasizing the following types of food, but try not to make dramatic changes in your diet. Proteins. Think of meats, fish, eggs, poultry, legumes, nuts, and seeds. Beans and lentils. Dairy or dairy substitutes antioxidants, which I thought it was really interesting that she started with protein and then went to antioxidants because we so often would just think protein, carbs, fats, and our major macromolecules. But here she talks about proteins and then antioxidants. And for antioxidants, she lists fruits such as berries and vegetables are great for snacks. Then she goes to omega-3. She said oily fish, walnuts, flaxseed or oil, chia seeds, eggs, chicken, and beef. Next, she addresses water and says moderate amounts, only if you are already a regular consumer and know how your body responds to caffeine. This would be tea, coffee, and dark chocolate. Water, fruit-infused intake or plain water to stay hydrated. Generally, avoid any alcohol, new foods, greasy or fried foods, an overload of refined or simple carbohydrates, energy restriction or meal skipping, sugary juices, sodas, energy drinks, relying on the vending machine, or any other highly processed, nutrient-poor food. So a lot of that wasn't necessarily new information, but she jam-packed a lot in there. And I want to touch on just a couple of key points that she said. First of all, not skipping meals. I can't tell you how often I will be working on a project for school, and I'll be like, oh, I am so close to being done. I can't leave the library just yet, and I will stay and try to finish it out, and then I'm like, oh, I am just too hungry, right? And I will go home and I'll instead eat first, and then I'll finish the assignment. And I've noticed a trend because sometimes I will often do that now rather than uh, sticking it out in the library and going home just absolutely starving. And the difference is I've noticed the amount of time it takes me to complete the assignment is less when I've eaten first. Even though I've taken the time to go home, I've taken the time to cook a meal real quick, and then to eat it, the amount of time it takes me to then eat finish the assignment is shorter. And so you can get more studying done in that way. Um, and more efficient studying is really what I should say there. In the same amount of time, you can be more efficient in what you study if you're full. And then I also notice a change in the types of foods that I eat in those two scenarios. So in the scenario where I decide I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat, I usually end up heating up some leftovers um, or I will put together a little meal and I'll try to have some protein in there, I'll try to have some healthy fats in there, I'll try to have some complex carbs in there and piece together what I can or sometimes I'll throw together a quick meal that I know how to make and cook from scratch. And then I notice a huge change in what I've eaten there in that scenario from when I get home and I am starving, it's what is ready right now and what's ready right now are a lot of ultra-processed foods or a lot of really energy-dense foods at a time when I don't necessarily need an energy-dense food because I'm so hungry, I'm going to eat so much of it that it's going to hit me that I'm really full later and it's just going to not feel good. So I'll reach for things like granola bars that may be really energy-packed or I'll reach for a ton of crackers and I'll eat a bunch of crackers but I won't have any protein or any fats to go with those crackers, things like that. And I also like that she really mentioned a lot about caffeine and not changing what you're currently doing with your caffeine. I know a lot of people have a tendency to just say well I'm just gonna rely on caffeine for this week or I'm gonna rely on caffeine for these two weeks because I have way too much to study and I can't sleep but that can be so detrimental to your gut health during that time that can negatively impact the way that you feel during the exam especially if you are somebody that maybe gets an upset stomach when you're really anxious like you would right before the exam if you're relying solely on caffeine very little sleep and then on top of that you already have a tight stomach with those butterfly knots then it's going to be really tough for you to feel confident going into that exam. So we are super grateful to Dr. Rosencrantz for giving us all of that information and I'm sure you're going to want to go back and listen to that blurb that I read from her a couple of times, maybe pause it and write down a bunch of those foods that she mentioned. Please, I would encourage you to do that. Our next email is from Sam Coogan and she said, I'd say to keep snacks and hydration nearby on their work surface. I often get so engrossed in my work that I don't realize how much time has gone by and I have skipped two snacks and a meal. So try to keep some things like trail mix, protein bars, water, coffee, and tea, she calls feel-good beverages, and fruit, like cuties, right on your desk. This way, this way, it's in your line of sight, and you won't forget as easily. It's pretty hard to be productive or to recall information when you're underfed and underfed. I also recommend setting a timer every hour to get up and stretch or just walk to the restroom and back to keep your eyes off your screen. It's so easy to get headaches and migraines from staring at the screen for too long and it's just not super healthy for your eyes either. And I would add in here that I really support this because it used to be that you would read a textbook and maybe do some assignments on the screen, but now our textbooks are on our screen and so homework really is engrossed in just one place. It's all right there on our computer, and so my eyes can hurt so bad when I've been studying hard for a test. Going back to what Professor Coogan said, set a timer to be done for the day. Don't spend every waking hour studying. It won't be productive after a point. Set your limit and stop when the timer goes off and get back to it the next day. Oftentimes, one to two hours of focused studying is more productive than eight unfocused. And then whatever music podcast helps you feel productive, play it. Whether it's in your headphones or a portable speaker, music can be a great way to get stuff done. She said, I always have my metal music on while writing reports or building my syllabi and it helps keep me efficient. If you would prefer silence, invest in a nice pair of noise-canceling headphones. I hope this helps. And I would just like to add there what she was talking about with setting a timer. I am a huge fan of Pomodoro timers. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but there's so many of those on YouTube and there's apps that will build in... All right, we're going to study for 30 minutes and then we're going to have a 10-minute break. And my husband used to use them. He still does use them, and I used to think that it was kind of cheesy and I thought I didn't need them. And now, I'll take for example my organic chemistry class. For my organic chemistry class, I have routinely for these exams that are coming up, just kind of shut myself in for a day and I'll still exercise that day and I will still do other things, I'll still eat, but in between those times when I'm not eating, I'm not exercising, I'm not studying for other topics or other classes. It's just kind of dedicated to organic chemistry. And during these days, I have found it extremely productive to use a Pomodoro timer to have a break built in because it's such a long set of time to study. And it will remind me sometimes I'll skip the I'll be on a roll and I'll just skip the break that is built in. And then when I get to that next break, oh, it's not long enough. And I feel like I'm not going to last all of these five hours that I set aside to study today and the reality is if I took those breaks I would last all five hours that I set aside. So we're super grateful for Sam for all of her words there. I also reached out to Donna Gould and she said during finals week I really tried my best to stick to my normal routine, my normal diet, exercise routine, and any other self care tasks that were needed. I prioritized sleep, meaning seven to eight hours of quality sleep. I also made sure to follow my normal caffeine intake, which was two cups a day for me, to ensure my sleep was not affected or my anxiety was heightened. I also think support was important, whether it was my spouse or my family member helping with me with house tasks, making dinner, or just being someone to talk to during study breaks. Overall, my best advice is to really try to maintain as much normalcy as possible and surround yourself with people that value and support your academic goals. And hopefully by now you've kind of seen why I mentioned, take note of what you really need to focus on during this study week and during these, this finals week, because although everybody has said similar type things and things that we would expect, they've all been different. So, I mean, just Donna talking about having somebody to support you in that time makes a huge difference, but maybe that's really what you need to focus on, not shutting people out when you need to study, but allowing yourself to spend some time with them, to talk to them on study breaks, things like that, versus someone else may need to say, okay, I am really going to focus on getting that sleep. We have another one from Leah Hansen, who was a guest early on in the podcast, and I loved her. She said, go back to Stephen Covey's first things first take care of yourself first eat well get rested and exercise otherwise you can throw yourself completely off and start with what needs to be done first as well break things into little chunks and take a break don't cram find a study buddy if you can teach it to someone else then you know it which this is me interjecting in her statement but i think that is so true i cannot tell you how many of my classes i felt like I was doing pretty good in and then some people would ask for help and I would help them and I would reiterate, kind of almost act like a little SI leader uh, when we would study together and help them understand it. I would teach it to them and my exam scores would skyrocket when I did that simply because I understood how to teach it to somebody else and therefore I understood it. It's a great way to check your own understanding and it requires somebody else being there, which means that the person that you're helping is going to benefit as well. It's a win all around. Going back to what Leah said, she said, check out fitness for finals at UNLV. And then lastly, breathe. You will look back years from now and not know how you did it, but you did it and you got this. And for anybody who doesn't know first things first that Leah, mentioned there is a book that's written by Stephen Covey. I think that's how you say his last name. I'm honestly not very sure, but he's also the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, if that's where his name sounds familiar to you. And I wanted to add just a little bit of my own advice in here as well. So this semester, I'm in Nutrition in the Life Cycle with Leah Hansen, and I have thought throughout this entire semester over and over again about just how crucial it is to set a child up for success from the beginning of their life. Our first unit was on preconception. Our second unit was on pregnancy. And then we had infancy and lactation. Then we had uh, toddler age and then childhood and adolescence and eventually adult and then geriatric nutrition. And I work with a dietitian, uh, and I get to shadow a lot with them. I also work with a personal trainer and just in the things that I do for them, my small part-time roles in those jobs, I have seen again and again people talk about how their early years of their life set them up to where they're at now in terms of their diet, their relationship with food, their habits, how much they sleep every night and whether they exercise or enjoy exercise at all, the things like that. And I keep thinking to myself that the things that we do while we're young and I know that some of you listening might not feel young but I promise you are and the things that we do while we're in these formative years while we are students and we are learning so much will really affect our professional outcome. So you can kind of think about it as like right now we are in our infancy and in those toddler years and those early chapters of the material that we covered in this class I was just talking about, and that adulthood and being an older adult are kind of synonymous or kind of comparatively like being in our career. And we sometimes think, oh, if I just get through it now, if I just stress, if I just do it for just this little bit of time, then it'll be fine when I get to my career. And I'm willing to guess, although I don't have any studies to back it up or anything like that, I'm willing to guess that if that's the pattern of habit that we establish now of cramming, of working ourselves to death, of putting things like schoolwork above our own health, that will be what we're like as a professional too. And part of my goal in this podcast, a huge goal in this podcast, is helping you become not just a better professional and not just a better student, But a better person. And that cannot happen if you don't care for yourself. It can't happen if your priorities aren't number one, your health. And that just simply can't happen. We can't grow as a person if we're just trying to survive. We need to have our own basic needs met and we need to be in a place of growth, not just survival, if we really want to become who we have the potential to become. And I point this out because honestly, I think that I have been guilty of this in my life. I have found the benefit of growth and I've stepped out of my comfort zone to expand my comfort zone into that growth zone so it can continue to be better and better and better. And sometimes I take a step too far and I step into chaos and I sign myself up for too many things and I stretch myself too thin Or I wait too long too close to a deadline and I stress myself out or I think that I'm learning something but I'm really not giving it my best effort and don't actually know what I think I know things like that I think I'm guilty of all of these and I'm sure that you've resonated with some of this that you've done it too because we're all human and these tips are just kind of a foundation in my mind these tips are specifically for finals week from our professors but I look at all the people that I've interviewed this semester and I think to myself wow they are successful and not just successful because they've got a job that they like or a job that we look up to they're successful because they live a life of health and balance and dedication They live a life that is built on these foundational principles that they've talked to you about here. They know that when things get stressful at their job, they're the kind of professional who will not let their health go first. And I can tell that maybe they weren't always that kind of student, but at least somewhere along the lines, they learned that and they were the kind of student who knew that their health had to come first and it ultimately allowed them to gain more success than if they had neglected their health. And I think that's just so amazing to look at. And I admire the people that have been on this podcast, the people whose names I've mentioned and some that I haven't mentioned. I admire them a lot and I hope that you've come to admire them as well because I know that each and every one of you who's listening is capable of accomplishing things like they have. I know that those of you who want to pursue a PhD are absolutely capable of doing that and I know that the people who are listening who want to be outpatient or impatient professionals are more than capable of becoming very competent and becoming the person who maybe saves somebody's life someday but that it starts here and it starts with laying this foundational groundwork of knowing how to take care of yourself and knowing what your needs are so that you can then address other people's needs I often think about how when you're on an airplane And they describe what to do if the oxygen masks fall down and you're always supposed to put yours on before you would put it on a child who needs help. I think some of us get sometimes stuck in either a panic because that oxygen mask came down or stuck trying to put on the mask for a child when really we should just take a deep breath, make sure we're taken care of. And then we're going to do the best that we can. And I know that you're all capable of doing amazing and great things. So one last thing for everybody. If at the beginning of this you didn't have a specific thing that you addressed, I would like to propose a self-test. I would like you to ask yourself the following questions and then to set a goal for yourself based off of the answers to these questions. So I want to, I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time that I got eight hours of sleep? When was the last time I exercised and enjoyed it? When was the last time that I cooked a meal, sat down, and really enjoyed that meal? When was the last time that I really planned my snacks and my study session? And whatever was the farthest away for you, I'd love for you to focus on that goal. This is a very actionable podcast. There is something to absolutely be done at the end of this podcast, and so I'd love to hear back from you guys. I'd love to hear if this study week or this finals week went better because you applied some of what was taught here and some of what was shared through these emails so i hope you all have a great study week a great finals week i hope to be back with a guest next week i'm trying to work out some details just to make sure that the date and time work as we approach thanksgiving and christmas scheduling has just been a little bit hectic but it's all worked out for the best. And so I can't exactly tell you who we're gonna be sitting down with next week, but I look forward to talking to you again for one more podcast this semester. And I will say the whole goal of this podcast has been to help students foster opportunities and ideas. So next semester, I hope to modify the podcast a little bit, open it up to students a little bit more and just keep your ears open. Keep listening for what that is going to become. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.